You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. Hey, Mitch! On tonight's episode of Hey Mitch, I have a very special guest, Caden Phoenix, creator of Loquita uh, of the Lala Brava Comics uh, group. Is is it a group? Is it a is it a whole comic like company? How, how do I explain I that? It, I call it a universe. It's part of the Latino superhero universe. Okay, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, your your project currently is on uh, Kickstarter and. What is your your goal that you're trying to meet at the moment? The goal is five thousand, and that covers printing costs, including Kickstarter fees and my um, my Kickstarter like manager fees as well, and and um, also shipping costs because I don't charge extra to ship the book out either. So that's just the little part that I just had to make sure. Uh, but it's five thousand. I'm doing really good. We're at seventy percent, and I think we have roughly two weeks left, and so it's going. So I'm very happy about that. So on on the Kickstarter page, it, it has you have a nice video of description of what it is that uh, your your superheroine uh, does. So explain to us what is her superpower. Lokita fights the supernatural. So when she comes into womanhood, as I call it, so she's my sophomore in high school. Uh, she gets her first period in class and she's totally, you know, scared, et cetera, and, and nervous and she runs out. And so that kicks off. That's just the beginning part, but that's the catalyst and it kicks off her superpowers. And she does not know that. And so the next scene, like in the market, she starts seeing demons, you know, and she doesn't understand why she's a big scaredy cat as well. <laughs> and so she has a bigger arc because of that, because she literally just looks and there's a demon she looks like over there and there's like a ghoul and like there's a ghost as well uh, so that's kind of her her arc is she pretty much she learns courage uh she finally kind of like finds herself which is just very coming of age they're all coming of age stories all origin stories are but she ends up fighting the major demon like the, the boss demon called vika uh and i won't go into any details as to what but she becomes a detective because she starts has because of the ghost the ghost um called sissel she like helps her out, you know, and tells her, you know, kind of the way how to work your way into the supernatural. That's I mean, that sounds great. I love I love a good detective story. Uh, I also love that she comes to find out that ghosts and demon are just around us all the time, apparently. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, because they're they run parallel, like on the same world or spirit space, as I made it up, as I call it. But yeah, like the mortal space, if you will, and the spirit space run on top of each other. The only difference is that she can see the spirit space. Oh. Uh, and obviously, we cannot. <laughs> I love that. Uh, how long have you been working on a, uh, this type of supernatural detective story? Is it is this something that's always been in your mind? Or did you just like, I, this is what I want to do next and just started going? Definitely on the latter. I was 
I thought of Bukita because I needed to think of five superheroes, uh, of Latino superheroes with different heritages. And so Loquita was my Cubana Boricua from Miami, right? So just different parts of the world or different parts of the U.S. as well as Mexico and just different, say, powers, if you will. Like it's not a new power, but it's different enough that it's like, okay, here's a little twist on it. You know, here's a little turn. And so that is how long I probably, um, I think I started like a year and a half ago, but I wrote out all of my superhero scripts already. So I wrote out all the stories all at once, back to back to back. Um, and then like the artists are going and they're, they're, they're doing the books. And so this is the third book. So a year and a half, but to get the book done for Lokita, six months. Can, can I ask about the, the other four in the Ala La Brava? Of course. So uh, this is the third one. Who, who are the two that you've already put out? So Jalisco is the first one. She dances flocorico. She's from Mexico, from Jalisco, Mexico. She dances flocorico, which is Mexican traditional dance. So it's the big dress. And, you know, and she holds onto the hems of the dress and the blades come out of the dress. So she like whips it down and they unhinge out. Mm-hmm. She whips it down, the blades come out. So when she's dancing, she can say slice neck. She can deflect bullets. And she goes like that. And I, I know you can't see my arms moving about, but she brings her arm out and they can shoot out as well at the same time. So she's really fun. She's not necessarily a super hero because she has no power. She's just very skilled, uh, but that's fine. Like I, I'm okay with that. She's just very cool. Like just aesthetically, it's very pretty to see it. Uh, so that's one. And then she takes down the femicide. So women of what is, and just Latin America has a big femicide, just like we have MMIW with the native Americans in Canada as well. And then Santa is my political one. She's much more political than the others. She takes down ice and she's in a border town of, of, of Texas. I call it Wexo, but really it's kind of like El Paso. <laughs> and it's her, it's the Zika. So all the regular, like the civilians. And then the other half of the civilians are luchadores. So they're all dressed in masks. They're all just, it's like a parallel world per se, parallel city. Uh, and that one's very like, you're either very conservative or you're very into equality. There's a big race war mayor race in that town. She joins the domino side, which is democratic, but she joins the domino side. She learns patriotism, you know, and she learns just like the basic, like here, you know, knock on people's doors, ask them to sign no to vote, you know, just the little basic things. But as the tensions rise in the town, the the front, uh, conservative front runner, ICE, which is Irena Calderon Estevez, she starts taking people and putting them in the detention centers. So it's not like, oh, you're an immigrant. It's literally you're just a person, a civilian that's going against me. Uh, so with uh, with the help of Ruka, which she makes a cameo, but Santa, Ruka, and like the other people in the domino party, they end up taking down the detention center. And Santa has divine strength. So Santa means saint in Spanish. So she ends up having divine strength. So not necessarily like the Hulk, like she is a brawler, which is very much like the Hulk, but she doesn't transform. She doesn't turn green or anything like that. She just has a lot of strength and you cannot kill her spirit. So that is her power. Uh, Lokita, I said, that's that one. She's a supernatural fighter. She's kind of also a brawler, but she actually has other powers as well. Um, when she touches somebody, and you find this out, obviously, later on, and she learns it as well. She touches somebody, that person can see that world as well at the same time, oh. as long as you're touching them. So it's a little extra bonus. But she knows uh, jujitsu. So that's her thing, is she knows jujitsu. So she has different, and, and parkour. She learns parkour in between. Um, so same thing. They're all slightly fun. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then the, your, your, your future two, the two that, uh, the rest of the world haven't seen yet. If you, if you yes. want to give it up. 
Uh, Ruka, I won't say. Ruka is very fun. She's my East LA Chola because I am from East LA, from Boyle Heights. So she is literally Chicana culture. And like it is a very stereotyped world. And so we use that stereotype. Like she does have the big hoop earrings because of course she would, you know. And so and like the plaid shirt and the tank tops or the spaghetti straps because that is her look and that is what we're known for. Me, I have none of that, but like, that doesn't matter. So she <laughs> ends up taking down trafficking. She goes to Barrio Logan in San Diego, which is very much like East LA, just the San Diego version. And she ends up taking down trafficking. And I won't tell you her power, but she does actually, yeah, she has power as well. And she gets it in the book of Santa. So the prior book. And then my last one is Bandita and she's my gunslinger. She's my Dominican from New York. And that one started like a couple weeks ago. So I'm very excited about that one. And she's literally a cowgirl in modern day New York. And so she dresses cowboy, she talks cowboy, just literally everything cowgirl and cowboy. And everyone, you know, like everyone's just normal. And so they think there's something like odd with her, but she's very charming, right? Because she does have that hospitality, the Southern hospitality. And she ends up taking down domestic violence or her her storyline is domestic violence. Um, Because I said all my stuff is very social justice, very female centered as well, because we never get our justice. Mm -hmm. And so, so they're all very darker themes. They're definitely dark themes, but... Other other than that, they are clean team, as I call it. Like the themes are dark. Um, people do die because I'm much more DC than Marvel in that sense. But, you know, that's part of life. I can't get around that. <laughs> I mean, did you have do you have a, a set of, of favorite superheroes that you read other than the ones that you created? I read when I was studying, I did read, I read Batman. I read the killing joke and I hate it because it's the killing joke. <laughs> yeah. you know, and I also watched the animated movie, which my friend had, and I hated it even more uh, just because of the inference, right? Because Joker, you know, yeah. or really Alan Moore is really why. Uh, and then Watchmen, of course, because Alan Moore is great. V for Vendetta, same thing, Alan Moore, uh, because he's a changer, like he's a game changer. So he like, is. I so I appreciate that. Obviously, whether or not I agree with the story is different. Different story. Uh, like Watchmen, they're very crude characters. I actually don't like a few of the characters. But the overall gist of it, yes, I understand it. I understand how it changed. You know, like here's a little tweak. You know, who watches a Watchmen? Like it's very simple, but we never had that mentality before. So it's very smart. So I like, and then like he did three by threes in the Watchmen, meaning three down and three across in regards to panels. Because I had to study, I had to research everything. Because I didn't know anything about comics or graphic novels two years ago. Mm-hmm. And so, like, he was pretty much my main source of reading. Um, pretty much that. And then Batman, I just always grew up liking Batman. So I did read Batman a lot as well. So why why use uh, why use the comic book as the medium for you if you didn't didn't particularly in, were immersed in that 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 uh, that world? Because it was an easy way to get my, it's lots of reasons, but it's an easy way to get my, my base, my fan base. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I did not think about that. I wrote out the feature length screenplay because I come from a screenwriting background. And then I was like, nobody's looking at my work because I don't know anybody. And so I shot the short film of Jalisco. So a little like three minute sizzle saying, okay, here's her powers. This is how visually she looks. This is how visually I would shoot it. No, and then the people that I did show, they asked for the comic book. Right. And I kept saying no. Right. Because I don't do comics. You know, I'm like, I literally kept saying no over and over and over. And then it finally hit me. I should do a comic because that is what 
pretty much truth by consensus. That is what the people, pretty much everyone I showed it to wanted because mm-hmm. I thought it was a really cool concept, yeah, which is a nice compliment as well. And so same thing, I researched, okay, comic versus graphic novel based on my money, based on my frequency, you know, how much reach I have, because I don't, you know, I'm not Marvel or DC, <laughs> so I'm not in every comic book store. Uh, you know, and I can't afford 10 pages, but I can afford the 80 pages because it's simpler for printing cost. Just business-wise, it made more sense as a graphic novel. And so same thing, you establish your IP, which I already had a copy written, but establishes your IP. And then it's easier now to walk into studios or production companies like, here's a book. You know, and here's a bunch of little girls smiling at the Comic-Cons back when we had Comic-Cons, which I had those pictures, right? But like, and like, it helps my social media. Like, I love it when they take photos and they post it. Like, that's my favorite thing because we don't have cons now. But like, that was a really just amazing compliment. Uh, or when like the little, I call them little kids, but like when when they dress up as Jalisco or Santa, you know, mm-hmm. like that's a compliment because I literally just started and I'm not, you know, I'm not Marvel Studios, but like, that's already an accomplishment in itself. And I'm very, very appreciative for all that stuff. When you were creating these characters, uh, yeah. the, the, the decision to give them their power was that, did you, did they have the power first or did you create the power for the situation you wanted to put them in? The former, I, when I was thinking, I was like, okay, I need five. And so, and I was just literally, cause I just thought the number, cause I like number five. And so I was like five superheroes. And so I literally just went through my head. I was like, what do I want to see? What is something that's slightly different? Like none of them fly Mm because that is absolutely not different. You know, but like, here's a dress because my mom danced Flocorico. So I can just put the Flocorico dress because I know that. And I know all the, you know, like the dance moves and et cetera. And I just add blades because that's pretty. And I'm also very macabre. So for me, it's very pretty. You know, like she was the easiest one, which is why I went with her first because it also reminded me of my mom. So it was very easy. Uh, Santa, because my dad's from El Paso. I used to live in El Paso. So it was very, you know, I'm like, okay, what is El Paso, border town? You know, like, and all these extra little, you know, things that go with it. Um, why I thought of Divine Strength, I have no idea, honestly. A lot of them I just kind of just picked out of my head. Because uh, same thing, everyone's a brawler, to be quite honest with you. Like, who's the punisher? A brawler. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, they're all brawlers. I'm not I'm not breaking the mold. Like, I, that was, some of them I'm literally not. But I'm just doing different angles at it. Like, here's a border town. You know, here's Luchadores. So it's very fun fighting because everybody in that town wants to fight. Even she wants to fight. She wants to learn to defend herself. You know, and so, I can, like, Bandita, I like Westerns. Or, you know, when I grew up with Westerns, but I liked Westerns to an extent. So why not have a gunslinger? Why not have her in New York? Because that just makes her fish out of water no matter what. And she has the bullet bounce. That's what I forgot to say. So originally I wanted like wanted where they can curve the bullet. Right. Because it was really cool. And then I was like, wanted did it. But that was literally in my head. I thought it was like a really cool idea. And then I, I remembered that I saw wanted. And so I was like, okay, well, we can make her with angles. So like you think of like billiards. Instead of just shooting forward, she can he can she can point to the side of a wall or a ceiling, and it bounces off the wall and it goes right around to that person that she aimed at or not aimed at, but the one that she wants to hit. And so she can do a bullet bounce, is what I call it. Um, same thing, not necessarily new. I'm sure somewhere in some universes, somewhere somebody made it ready. If you look at X Men, they did everything. But you know, it's it's you know it's fun for me. Is really kind of what it is, Luca. <laughs> Same thing. They're just different. I just wanted to make them distinct enough within the five, within that universe of five, that you're like, oh, I, I can mix them up. You're like, no, you actually can't mix them up. Like, look, it literally the only one that can see supernatural. This is the one that only has the blades ever, you know? So that was how I thought of it. And then afterwards came the social justice. Like, okay, what, what do we need to solve? And so I just literally look online, like what gets me mad? 
domestic violence gets me mad. Femicide gets me mad. Literally everything gets me mad. But, you know, like, it's really like, that's a very easy one because the femicide has been going on since the seventies. Nobody cares, you know? And like, that's unfortunate, but here, let me write about it. At least I have the superhero to save them. You know, same thing, domestic violence been from the beginning of time, unfortunately, you know, so here, let me go this one. Uh, ICE immigration, that one, you know, I don't know really when it came around, but the the detention centers, the concentration camps, obviously it's somewhat newer for us, for the United States. So that's kind of how it went about it. So when you were deciding to take on these, these very heavy yeah. subjects and, and obviously important ones, like how did you prepare yourself to write about such things in, in a way that you were, you know, dealing with it in a respectful way, I guess? I hope so. I, I just researched. I'm big on research because if you don't understand it, if you can't say it clearly, you don't, you shouldn't be writing about it. I just researched it. I, I try to learn as much possible as possible so that I can hopefully return it back in a digestible form because it is very heavy. Like you said, it's very, very dark. And like a lot of the stuff got me really sad. Like I'd read domestic violence. Like the NFL had a lot of domestic violence stuff. Like you walk at the commercials and like all the numbers, the stats, like I looked at all of them. I'm like, you just get, or me, I just get really depressed and I have to lay down, you know, like, and just because I have to take it in. Um, and I very much did not like it. And femicide as well. Same thing. A lot of them I really hated to do. Um, but you have to, cause it's part of the process. Like how else are you going to say, give them justice or at least give her the information enough. Um, so I mean, I, I hate researching for the, for that reason, because it does hurt me a lot. Um, but it's also, it's good because then I can translate it back and I can do those stories or my version of the story with whichever character so that you can see it or you can read it. Um, and so that's kind of how I, that's how I work is I just, research 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 until i understand it enough um because obviously everyone understands the concepts of all of it but if it's not first-hand experience you don't necessarily understand it so i had to research them all um and that's it it just it hurts but it's definitely it's worth it it's something i have to do so i can write properly yeah i imagine uh, i mean i imagine uh you know regular superhero comics you know they have to take on something like thanos is one thing but it's got to take a toll on you to sit there and have to take on something as real as human trafficking or, or domestic violence like it's it yeah. it can't it can't come out the other end feeling too good uh I, 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 as long as you have your superheroes though you know ho- helping to defeat it that's that's probably got to make you feel a little bit better it does make me feel better because I can at least give justice and really awareness. That's awareness, really, yeah. Why not bring awareness to a subject because I have the power of make, putting it in print in comic form, you know, and having whoever reads it, because I, I say I'm a little bit small time right now, but like whoever reads it, at least they're aware of it. Maybe they'll make the move in the future or their kids will, you know, like you don't know the ripple. Um, so that does help me. Like that does inspire in, in that sense. Um, but yes. <laughs> so, Talk to me about how you went about finding your team for uh, creating the comic book, your colorist, your your artists, your letterers. So this was back when I was researching uh, how to do a comic and then what goes into writing a comic or a graphic novel. And so I learned about all the artists, right? Penciler, inker, colorist, letterist, and then graphic designer. You put it all together. And so I was like, okay, I need to find all of them. And so I went to Instagram because I like social media 
within reasons I like social media and so like there's hashtags there's women who draw um I think there's girls who illustrate but there's literally a million hashtags just for females because I know for sure I wanted female artist because the thing is like name a female artist you know and like unless I only know like Bartel, right? Like, but I can't name another female artist besides mine, you know? And like, she's cool, obviously, but like, I can't name any. And I was, I can't afford her either. And so I went through looking um, and I found a, I found a bunch, like there was a lot. And so I went through, I found one that had like the, the same type of first of was the penciler, right? Like, that's the main one who's going to pencil. And so I found somebody and she was LA based, she's Latina. And I met her, I took her out for lunch, you know, and I was just like, okay, and we're eating and just, we're talking about my Severo series, et cetera. And I was like, do you want to be penciler? And she's like, no. And I was like, <laughs> okay. Like in my head, I was like, why did you say yes? Like I literally wrote you asking for penciler. Uh, and so she's like, but I'll be colorist. And I said, okay. And she's like, and I'll do a tweet for you. Um, because she has, a, she's an artist and she has all artist followers. Oh. So I was really lucky. And so and she's like, and I'll get my two friends will also be colorists. And I was like, okay, you're going to split the money. She's like, okay. Um, but she did a tweet and it was a really simple, she's like Latina creator looking for Latina artists for Latina superhero series, uh, drop your ports. And so like 60 people replied. And so she gave me the link and I went through every one of their, like their portfolios, portfolios yeah. website or Tumblr or DeviantArt, or wherever it is, I don't care, but like, I'll go through everyone's portfolios and actually found all my artists from there. I found my anchor from there. I met her. Uh, and she, and I was like, do you want to be a penciler? And she's like, no, I want to be inker. And I was like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> no one wants to be a penciler. Um, and then the last person was my, for penciler. Uh, same thing. She was one of the people that replied and same, like it fell perfectly. Like really the, the cards always fall perfectly uh, because she's an animator and like, she comes from film as well. So we speak the same. She can know sequential art, you know, but like she can do stills as well as, sequential like I do you know and so it it worked out very well in that sense and she was really excited and all of our books it was every one of ours of all our six people it was our first um, graphic novel our first comic except for the inker the inker knew what she was doing everyone else was like okay we'll figure it out and we did Uh, the letterist was really my friend she's a graphic designer and she's never lettered before and I asked her and she's like I don't know and I was like it's really easy look it up and she's like okay and so (laughs) And that's why she did it because, because I told her to, because I asked her and she's cool. Uh, and so that's, that's how I went about it. It was literally just Instagram and then Twitter and that's it. It was just, and then meeting them in person or over zoom if they were in LA. Or is, it, is, it, is it the same uh, team throughout all five books? No, they have been changing. So okay. some of them haven't done. So I have, Oh, yeah. My penciler for Jalisco is the same as Ruka. The penciler for Santa is the same as Loquita. So those two pencilers carried over. Uh, Bandita is a new penciler because I because they're all going right now. Right now, Loquita's wrapping up. Ruka's still going. Bandita's just starting. And then next month, I start Ala Brava, which is the team one. Mm-hmm. So those are, have to be different pencilers because they can't be doing the same stuff. Uh, something with the inkers, a lot of them... They're very, just let me do, concentrate on one, which is fair. I don't blame them. Same thing with the colorists. I had the, one of the Jalisco colorists did the coloring for, for Santa. And then I got a new one for Loquita. And then I'm getting a new one for Bandita. I don't have anybody yet, but I, I may get somebody else from one of the older uh, colorists that I've had prior. But I'm not there yet, so I haven't asked them. Uh, so I try to keep them. Like, I'm very much like if we work together well and they want to, if they're not doing something bigger and better, then please stay with me. <laughs> and so that's kind of my mentality. 
were you were you looking for a certain type of look for each individual superhero or was it more like you're happy with you know the people that you found I have a tone board that they need to keep and I send it to every penciler prior because that's why like Jalisco and Santa and Loquita, that's why they all somewhat look the same. Like you can tell they're different pencilers, but they literally look the same. Like they all have big eyes. I call it, it's manga with Disney aesthetic because it literally is manga with Disney. Like they do have the big eyes, but it's not super big and they don't have the very pointy chin. You know, they have a very kind of soft chin. So it, it, it is that it's a very, I like to call it a pretty aesthetic, but it's very mixed because they do, they're expressive in the manga sense. And they also have the big eyes, but they're not the crazy big eyes. Uh, so that's what I liked. And that's when I was looking at my tone board of like what I thought was pretty when I was going through Instagram and screen grabbing everything and making my little tone board uh, instead of Pinterest. Cause I didn't know about <laughs> Pinterest back then, but Instagram works perfectly. And so I sent it to him. I sent it to every single, even the the new one, the Manita one. I was like, can you do something like this? And she said, yes. And so when I do see, find my pencilers, my artist, they already have somewhat close to that aesthetic. Like, it's not like it's a stretch for them. It's literally like, oh, okay, you want a softer chin? I can do that. You know, or make the eyes slightly bigger. Oh, yeah. No, it's definitely not a stretch. And then for the color, same thing. It's a tone board. I look at what I like. Um, and it's very, very simple. Like Jalisco is very warm colors, right? Red, yellows, oranges. Santa is the complete opposite. Is everyone is very cold to each other. So they have cold colors. They have baby blue, baby pink, baby purple. Like, you know, and Santa, everyone was, or I'm sorry, Jalisco, everyone was warm. Like everyone would befriended each other per se. So that, I'm sorry, that was Jalisco. So that's why they're warm. So this is cold. Everyone wants to fight. Everyone's cold to each other. Uh, Loquita is, is Miami. So I just did like 80s colors, 80s or, or 90s colors. I love that. Close to Santa, but like one's 80s and one, one's 90s because it's very fluorescent because it's Miami. And she said in Miami. So slightly different. And then Bandita, I think we're going to do more Southwest colors because she's my cowgirl, even though she's New York. It's either going to be very Broadway colors or very Southwest. I, mean, I don't have my colorist yet. So whatever the colorist agrees with as well, because I do work with my artist. Um, and obviously if they can do it, Ruka is very rich colors because she's East LA, right? So like you think of silvers and golds, like when you think about chocolate blue or very green, just they're her, she's very rich. Um, and then Ala Brava, I'm not on Ala Brava yet. Cause that's too far out. I don't have a pencil yet. Um, <laughs> but it's fine. just stuff like that. Like you, like they're all very different. They're distinct people. So they should get distinct colors. So you said you, you, you come from a film background, a screenwriting background. How difficult is it to switch up script writing uh for film to script writing for a graphic novel oh it's the same i don't i do no difference i literally write out a feature-length script as a film uh and i i don't know how to write one out for a comic (laughs) is really the answer and then i do my little storyboards uh and the same it's just literally a storyboard but just the angles and my little stick figures that don't look like stick figures and but you know it has the dialogue and it has who's in the shot if for interior exterior office day or night and then anything that's important with in regards to the action and then I do the next you know and I go through every so I just translate my script into storyboard form and then the artist reads the storyboard although they they're welcome to their scripts because I do upload it for them I don't know if they do I just know they they base it off the storyboard and so and you do your own storyboards I do yes <laughs> so. It, do you just stick to the uh, an, like straight up nine panel page, or do you uh, do you sometimes do you do you dictate that as well? Uh, how many panels are going to be on a page? What you know? What 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 everything is going to be seen there? Or do you 
allow for the artist to also make some changes in decisions? I absolutely dictate it. And that is because I do ask them at the very top. I say, do you want to do your own storyboard? And most of the time they say no, which is fine because that means it's easier for them. They spend less time on it. So Mm -hmm. it's fair. Uh, And if they do want to do their own storyboard, sure, absolutely do whatever as many pages as you want. Um, But otherwise, it's easier because I do contract them at the very top. And I say, okay, it's 60 pages long. So I have to keep within the 60 pages in regards to the panels. I do four by fours. I don't do three by threes. Okay. I do four by fours, but I, sometimes I do allow if there's bigger dialogue or if something's very, very important, I, I, you know, I won't do the four by four on that one page. I'll do something like a one by two or one by three. Um, same thing. It's dependent. I do let my pencilers choose like if they want to change the angle slightly because it's easier for them to shoot at this angle or it makes more sense. Like when you're throwing, like Eva does a really good depth I'm trying to show you, but like it's good depth. So she throws it. And so from the bottom, from the back corner, she throws it to the front corner, the opposite corner, right? Because she understands fighting panels much better than I do in regards to comics. You know, like for me as a filmmaker, I would just do coverage and it'd be easy. Um, But same thing. So like they always have the option to edit as long as they keep most of the dialogue and the gist of what the one panel is about. When you're writing, just in general, like what kind of environment do you need? Do you, do you need music playing? Do you need complete silence? Do you need uh, white noise? Yeah, no, definitely not white noise. Um, I don't mind music. I like my music just playing in the background and it's just YouTube and whatever plays within my world that YouTube knows what I like. Sometimes I just do like just whole soundtracks because I do like softer music. And so like Phantom of the Opera or Gladiator, Pearl Harbor is really great music. And that's just in general. I could just always have it on and do whatever. Um, But when I'm writing, that's fine as well. Quiet is fine as well. I don't mind necessarily quiet. It's just whatever works. I'm on a computer. So if I feel like extra noise, I'll put it on. (laughs) (laughs) Is is there a type of of film that you prefer to to watch or even write? I like action. I like martial arts. I like things that move. So I like movement is really what my answer is, um, which is probably why I lend towards superheroes because everyone's always moving. <laughs> I also like coming of age, which is also very superhero because that's every, true. you know, cause that's an origin story is a coming of age film. <laughs> yeah. So I don't, I like comics. Obviously I do like superhero movies. I do like action, but I do, I grew up with a lot of martial arts movies as well. So with uh, your, your whole uh, concept of your five books there, you know, being the Latina superheroes, why was it so important for you to, to be, you know, Latina, like the just straight up a whole, all female team or, and also to have a all female Latina uh, working team? Well, it just made the most sense to me. So when I first was thinking, OK, what do I want to write for the big screen? When we had big screens, I was like Latina superhero, right, because we don't have one. And I right. remember seeing one. You know, and that's very sad. It's absolutely very sad. And so I was like, okay, I can increase my chances because I can make five of them. So one of my five will get on the screen. And that is the reason why I made five. And I was like, okay, if there are five, they exist on the same team because why not? Uh, and so my process kind of went with that. And then when I was looking, same thing, I was, as, like I said, I was looking just for females. And then I was like, it makes the most sense if I can actually back my word of saying Latinas are important because they are important. You know, like name a Latina artist. You cannot. Nobody can, honestly. And like, that's the whole problem. Like, it's I can't either, obviously, unless they're my own. But that's the whole problem. So why not? Why not prove like, okay, Latina in front of the screen, in front of the on the page and behind the page as well. Like it doesn't hurt. 
I love that. Um, when you were creating these characters, mm-hmm. since you come from a, a background of film, did you have any particular stars in mind when you were thinking of them? No, I don't think like that. I know a lot of people do, but I don't necessarily like, oh, this person can play this. Like now I do because people tell me, oh. you know, like Jalisco, Salma Hay, uh, not Salma Hay, um, Selena Gomez. They're the ones that tell me her the most. I get her the most for Jalisco. And that's great because she's Chicana, so she can definitely play it. Uh, but I'm I'm not here to, you know, I like get does it matters and it doesn't necessarily matter to me. The point is to get it out there. That's always, that's the main point. Like I can always make an actress per se. So if you get strong, like a good mentor and a good villain character. So if I got some Hayek and Eva Longoria, right. Then I can literally get any girl as the lead role. Right. Like if you think of Thor, we never knew about who Chris Hemsworth or the Loki character, right. Like Marvel made them. Mm -hmm. And that's the whole point. You can do such things like that as well. Because, I mean, because of the word Marvel. The word Marvel sells, sells themselves. Uh, obviously, I'm not there yet, but, like, I can get the two lead characters of the two supporting characters to back them. So, no is the answer. I don't necessarily think in that sense. That's I, I love that, too. That's, that's, that's great. Um, so, what is it that when you have free time, obviously, it can't be a lot of free time. You, you're working on five different projects alone, just what you've talked about here. I'm sure you have other projects going on, too. But when you do have free time and you just want to geek out on something, what what is what is it that you you like to geek out on? Um, I like to geek out on Pinterest. I guess Pinterest is a nice escapism. Um, and just kind of you just kind of get lost in there, and I I very much like that because it's just a very nice escapism. Trailers. I don't know if this answers your questions in regards to geeking, but just trailers of 2021 trailers on YouTube. It's very entertaining to me to see trailers, to be like, oh, this is coming out. This is what the world says we want, which is really just the studios, you know, and it's very, they're all, they're all just repeats. They're all IP that we've seen before. Uh-huh. And they're like, oh, we could just refresh it for the new generation because apparently we all think the same still, you know, and like, it's just a weird mentality. And so I kind of like understand, you know, I research, I just like research and I research and I try to understand that mentality. I love that. Like I've never, I, I don't think I've ever heard anybody talk about geeking out about trailers. I, lo- I love that idea. So, I mean, obviously with the, with the last year being the way that was, we didn't get a lot of movies in the movie theater. We didn't get any really. And yeah. so the same trailers that we were seeing last year, we're seeing this year. Like, is that a disappointment to you? No, because I'm so far behind. Like I saw Dune like two days ago and Dune's uh-huh. been out you know, but it was new to me. But also I did see like the Zack Snyder version of Justice League the day it came out. You know, so it's not like I'm just hanging out, you know, I, whatever, whatever gets me at that time, I will watch. But like the Dune trailer is really, really cool. You know, um, same thing. And it's been out and people really liked it when I first when they first came out as well. And I heard about it, obviously, a while ago, too. Um it's okay. Like there's always trailers. Like if Netflix puts a trailer up like every day, you know, yeah. like yeah. it's just. Um, Paramount Plus, you know, like I'm saying, like, I'm very industry. It's just like SpongeBob just came out on Paramount Plus, <laughs> you know, and like, okay, do you want to buy Paramount Plus for 10 or 12 bucks a month? No, I do not. But it's a very cool thing to look at those trailers as well because they do their little packaging trailers besides just obviously movie trailers. But, you know, they put their composite, like their clips in. Um, I don't mind it. I don't watch a lot of TV, honestly, or YouTube either, <laughs> even, though, even though it sounds like I do. But I do listen to music a lot. <laughs> I mean, have you have you been able to notice like a trend in trailers, like the way that things are presented to us? 
Um, all of them are always quick shots. If you're a superhero, which I do see a lot of the superhero trailers, there's a million of quick shots and you don't necessarily need to know the storyline because it doesn't matter. Like how many Batmans do you need to see? You understand the storyline that it's Batman, you know, like I don't need to see that flashback, you know, like his origin of, you know, of the parents dying. Everybody knows that since Michael <laughs> Keaton, like we've known it since forever. Uh, but it's just, I like, they do very quick shots, like same thing, Dune, quick, quick shots. And you have no idea what's going on. It's really fun. Cause you have no idea. Same thing with star Wars. You have no idea. Unless you like, you actually know the world, but like at the same, it's the same point. Like I was saying, like it doesn't matter because it's Star Wars. You're going to see it anyway. It doesn't matter because it's Batman. You know everything that's going to happen in Batman, but you're going to see it anyway. <laughs> uh, so, so what, right. what what is it that you're looking forward to seeing? What am I? Uh, I don't mind Dune. I don't. I've never seen the original Dune, so I can't necessarily. I can't really compare it, unfortunately, or at least not yet until I watch the first one. What is coming out? Uh, Raya and the Last Dragon just came out on Disney. Yep. So I do look forward to that when it comes out in a couple months for free on Disney+. Plus. I will definitely watch it on that. I enjoyed Mulan <laughs> because Nikki Caro shot that. And she's an absolutely, she's my favorite director. And so I, I watched, I researched, I studied the shots. I would say I studied the, the movie I know, the story I know, because it's the same as the animated. But like you can study the shots and like how much they pop the color, which I thought was very fun as well. Um, you know, and so I, I, I like saying I research and I study, but I also enjoy learning like, okay, this is a new angle. Like she, she, you know, like she literally took chances and she turned the camera around when Mulan was running up the wall, you know, and it's like, it's very simple, but it's very cool. Cause you just don't see it all the time. Nobody really takes those chances, especially with a Disney movie. Um, so that's kind of like, that's what I like seeing what's coming out. I honestly have no idea what is coming out. <laughs> Wonder Woman three in like three years, probably, probably. Um, I don't know what's coming out. Honestly, for all the trailers I see, it just goes in one ear and out the other. But. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, what what have you, what have you found to be the most difficult hurdle for you uh, transitioning into the graphic novel uh, and Kickstarter even aspect of all this? Morbius. I, I will say I do look forward to Morbius. Now that I was thinking about it. Oh, nice. Uh, thank you. And so, biggest hurdle. There isn't like right now. It's just eyes. Like I got, like I was saying, the Comic Cons. Like same thing. And this is just everyone's problem. Um, but Comic Con is really great for me, you know, or any of the, the cons and like signing at the comic book shops and at the bookstores. Like I was gonna sign at Barnes and Nobles, you know, when I had my first book. And then same. I was in March, and then March happened, and then nothing <laughs> for the whole year. Which I mean, it's everyone's story. So I know yeah. I'm just it's not me. But like that hurts. Like that hurts a lot. Um, financially, it definitely hurts because I, you know, like I was already online and, but it's not the same as selling in person and making that connection. So that is my biggest hurdle because of pandemic. Um, but otherwise it was very simple. Honestly, it's, I enjoy it. It's, it's more direct to consumer than it is direct to like business to consumer, which is fine. Cause I mean, I do sell at comic book stores as well, but direct to consumer is a lot easier uh, it's just slightly harder because you need to find out new ways to get to them as opposed to them coming to you at the con or at the bookstore. You you talked about it earlier. You use social media to find your artists uh, that you were working on the project. How have you used social media to uh, promote the projects that itself, the, the graphic novels? Just by posting and posting and posting and cross posting. I have five Instagrams. 
And so like my, my own personal one at Caden Phoenix has the most. And so like, if it's very important or if it's something that I want everyone more eyes on it, obviously I'll just post it there, but I will post it at Latina Supers. And then sometimes at Jalisco Superhero, even though that's just dedicated to Jalisco. And so it's just posting more than once, posting different things besides just, oh, here's two books where here's this girl that just purchased or, or guy as well. But like, here's this person that purchased the book and smiling or here's a repost. Those are the best because it's just very nice and a compliment. Um, and just changing it up. Like, here's me or here's us, me and one of my counselors at a Comic-Con or um, a virtual panel. It's just trying to ch- find new things, honestly, but they're just posting and keeps just hashtags. It's always just hashtags and then hope you get referred in as well. So you, if someone posted on their page. And do you see like a, uh, a measurable like return uh, of interest? Sure. Return of interest that works uh, <laughs> in, in using social media for promotion. Absolutely. Yes, it does. It does create sales, actually. So it's very nice. It does create followers as well. And so. what, what have what have virtual panels been like? Virtual panels are fun. It's just like this. Like, it's just like you're on Zoom, you know, or you're on whatever Google Drive, whatever, um, whatever platform they put you on. (laughs) But it is, it's really the same. It's, it's the same from what I understand. Like, I just did a WonderCon one. I have one coming up on Saturday. Um, And they're just your friends. I mean, uh, my penciler is always on there with me. The one for Halley School, that's Amanda. And then my friends are on there, like Barbara Dylan for Quince. You know, like, those are you just bring your friends on or they're all my friends, you know, but like we're all doing the same work and we all have the same purpose. I would say different Latino superheroes, but we're all, we're all there and we all understand each other's purpose and the importance of it. But, you know, obviously you're not in the same room because you cannot be so slightly different. The person, the moderator has to call on you. Otherwise you guys overlap each other. Yeah. And that's fine. Like it's just called being polite, you know? And so it's, it's not a big deal in, in that sense. The panels are still the same for me. What's uh, one piece of advice you would give to someone that is trying to do the same thing that you're doing? Research. It's all online. I have a lot of people ask me questions. How do you write, make a comic? How do you do this? Like, how do you make a short film? Like, you can literally research it all. Uh, how do you write? Literally research. And, and I say that because I did it. You can literally go to YouTube. You can go to any search bar you want. You can read books and you can also just read, you know, people's blogs and read tons and tons of websites and you figure out what is correct because a lot of it is subjective. But overall, you do take what is the proper and what, you know, like on YouTube, you can put best graphic novels of all time, best comics of all time. Like, that's why I know about Watchmen. That's why I know about Killing Joke. You know, that's why I know about the Spider-Man um, Hunter's Last De- Hunter's Last Hunt or whatever it was. You know, like, they're really strong, uh, even though I'm not a Spider-Man fan. But, like, it's like it was recommended the most. And so I was like, okay, I'll read it. Uh, but do your research and know the world. If you understand the world, you understand what you can do within it, and you can understand how to how to make your own table at the same time. After the teen book, the Ala Brava book, is, is, are, are you going to be returning back to these characters or is it, is, is it going to be moving on to the next thing? So I originally just wanted to do the Majestics, which is just goddesses and princesses of all Latin America or really Western Hemisphere. And then a writer's list, like, it doesn't make sense. You should, you know, perpetuate your own IP because like Batman has a million different variations besides just a million Batmans and all of them, you know. Uh, and so now I have to do a million different variations as well. So I have to do a Jalisco too, which is fine. I have to do a Santa too. I have to do volume two, as I call it, mm-hmm. of all of them. And I also do want to do my Latina princess, my Aztec Latina princess as well. 
And then I had a really cute little like adventure one as well within the, the goddesses. So I don't know when I'm going to do that one, but I do know this year I will do Jalisco too. This is for me as a writing. So I, when it comes out, I don't know, probably next year or unless I get more artists, but Jalisco V2 and um, Mexica, which is my Aztec princess. So those are my two for writing starting probably in May, April or May. Right now I'm doing a comic for somebody else right now, but we will, we'll see April. Technically I should start. Sounds great. Now here's (laughs) the question. Yes. If you could have one useless superpower and it has to be completely useless, uh, what would you, what would you have? And, and mine, I always throw out there is I can grow my hair an inch on command. Oh, that's pretty good. (laughs) I can eat at all times of the day and have no repercussions. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, that's good. I mean, it, it, not, it's not really going to help anybody, but it just makes you feel good. So I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Instant happiness. Yeah. Instant happiness. Sense. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Once again, the book is Lokita and it is on Kickstarter right now. Uh, you're just trying to get to that uh, goal so that you for printing, right? Yes. Just for, it just covers printing costs. It doesn't cover any of my artist costs at all. But it's fine. Like I, I will absolutely take it because anything helps, honestly. Other than the the Kickstarter uh, campaign, would you like to give out any social media? Yeah. So at latinasuperheroes.com is my uh, well, latinasuperheroes.com is my website, and my social media is Instagram at latinasuperheroes. Very cool. I am at Michipedia GEM. GEM stands for Geek Elite Media. The rest of Geek Elite Media is at Geek Elite Media on twitter at geekly media on instagram and facebook.com forward slash geekly media is our facebook page check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our website geeklymedia.com and whatever podcatcher you use to listen to podcasts please rate and review us it helps spread the word of our network but until next time this is hey mitch on the geekly media network saying always remember to geek out geek out this concludes our broadcast 